Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast, a podcast created to help you get out of your head and into your life. That is, if you want to have more fun, freedom, happiness, peace of mind, and success whilst squeezing the juice out of every area of your life. Join Jackie Ford every Thursday and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. My name's Jackie Ford and I'll be your guide for the next half hour or so. So I hope you enjoy listening to my ramblings about life, love, relationships and the nature of the human mind. Welcome to season two, episode two. And it's an interesting episode. This past week has been fascinating, uh, challenging, perfect absolutely perfect and why do I say perfect when I use the word challenging <laughs> many people say you're off your head Jackie why do you find things that are challenging so interesting why do you get so curious about them and honestly I don't do that all of the time at the time that it's happening but what I do do is more often than not that challenge is an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to see something new about how I'm thinking about what's going on. And it's an opportunity to see it differently so that the next time, and trust me, inevitably there will be a next time, we're talking about life here. The next time it happens, I'm dealing with it from a new space, a new me, a new understanding, a deepening of insight about what's actually going on. And to me, that's the whole purpose of this podcast and the whole purpose of the Unashamedly Human Life School, which we'll be launching later this year, is to help people recognise that insight is very, very rarely a one and done. <laughs> I mean, very, very rarely do you have that utter, magical, momentous insight that changes everything in your freaking life. So there's no more internal work to do. I'm glad that that hasn't happened to me because I've had so much joy and so much interest in education noticing where I've innocently held myself up in life. I've innocently not understood that a past story or a past belief or conditioning and my utter <laughs> weddedness to that thought has held me back. So being able to see that pathway of thought and how it got me to the place that I was in is bloody marvellous. And I just don't understand why we forget that. We forget that life is almost like this great big unravelling or unfolding is probably a better word because when I think of unravelling, it's kind of chaotic. And trust me, sometimes it is chaotic. But like I said, very few people get that one and done insight that changes everything. So learning to understand that life is just a series of insights, a series of unfolding. Then 
we get to rest in that, knowing that we don't have to be perfect, knowing that there's always something new to see, knowing with absolute certainty that if you're meant to see through something at the time you're meant to see it, you will see it. And if you don't, hey, next time it happens, perhaps you'll have that opportunity. Or perhaps you just get curious about it. I, I, I know myself that there have been many, many times in my life where I've been desperate to see through something. And some of my teachers have said, just wait, Jackie, it'll happen. Just wait, it'll happen. And see, to be honest, that does happen a lot of the time. You do get to have that insight when you least expect it, when you're not looking for it. But there are times where I want to know more and I want to know more about it now. So I get curious. I inquire. I listen to the wisdom that bubbles up and tells me, yeah, that's what that is, Jackie. Yeah, this is what this is about. And it may not give me the full story, but what it will do is it will tell me the next step. So there are times I don't sit back and do nothing and wait for wisdom to enfold me and engulf me and give me the answer. I'll roll up my sleeves and I'm like, hey, <laughs> what's going on here? What do I need to do? what's true about this just now? Is there something I can fix here? Or, you know, tell me, tell me what to do. And to be honest, there's a real joy in that. There's a real joy in taking part and not spiritually bypassing yourself by saying things like, oh, it's all thought. All thought is neutral and transient and passes in its own time. Yeah, that's the truth. But if I'm hurting and I feel like being curious about the source of my experience and not the content of my experience, then hell yeah, I'm up for asking a couple of questions, whatever comes to mind, and then finding out what it is I'm meant to do. I mean, there was something this week that popped up quite a lot in my working with clients, and it was people not wanting to deal with difficult emotions feeling that there was something wrong with them. So instead of being curious about these emotions and where these emotions were coming from, thought in the moment, uh, but don't tell them I told you that, they, they, they just, they didn't want to deal with them. So it was almost like having these feelings is wrong. I, I don't want to have these difficult emotions, they would say to me. But if you don't get curious about these emotions, you're kind of gaslighting yourself. There's answers in there. Even if the answer is simply, I'm in a low state of being. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I am just too much in my mind right now. I need to rest. That's okay. There's an answer for you. But to completely gaslight it as, oh yeah, dismiss, is just thought in the moment. Sometimes that's not enough. In my experience, I found that's not enough, either for me or for my clients. They want to know more. They want to be able to get granular about these, these emotions and, and, and label them. And often what happens with people is they don't have the vocabulary to be able to label those emotions. They came up with the big ones like I'm angry, I'm pissed, I'm fed up, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed. And that's such a big picture way of looking at things. And when we start to get granular about that, we get behind that word. 
What is it about your current situation that's making you feel this way? So yes, there's content there. They'll share the content. And that often is enough to see, well, I'm not actually stressed. I'm just tired and I'm overwhelmed. And that gives us a chance to break it down. Okay, so you're tired and you're overwhelmed. What does that mean to you? Is there anything in that that you can see that can be changed? And then more often than not, insight will come through them. Yeah, I can do this or I can do that. And then there's the mop-up. For me, there's always a mop-up. And the mop-up is... There's no need for anybody to analyse their emotions to death because that just leads to all sorts of depression and you kind of get lost in thought. And getting lost in thought, the content of thought, is, is not, not a good idea most of the time because really what you want to do is realise how are these thoughts happening in the moment? What are you doing to believe these thoughts in the moment? Isn't it wonderful that you can even see these thoughts in the moment? And explaining to people that every single day we're having 60 to 70,000 thoughts every single day and about 98% of them are on repeat. Same old shit every single day. And you're getting an opportunity every single day to either do something about it or ignore it. That's it. Either do something about it or ignore it. You're getting an opportunity to learn to change, to transform from the inside out. Recognizing that thought is just this gorgeous, neutral, transient energy and it flows through all of us, every sentient being. And isn't that wonderful? It just does its own thing. <laughs> Except for the times that you and I get in the way of it. We invite it into our heads, have a cup of tea, ask it to stay overnight for a sleepover and we're still ruminating the next day about something that happened ages ago. There's a wonderful story I'd like to share with you that, that one of my mentors taught me, and it's it, it's um, about a book by um, a guy called Sapolsky who talks about why do zebras not get ulcers? And isn't it fascinating that they don't, but human beings do? And in the book, uh, Robert Sapolsky talks about there's a zebra in the field and it's just enjoying the grass. It's grazing beautifully, the sun's shining down, and it's just the most perfect day. And all of a sudden, a lion comes into the field and it starts to run towards the zebra. The zebra slowly lifts up its head, sees the lion coming towards it and recognises it needs to get the hell out of there, unless it's going to end up being the lion's supper. And it runs and it runs and it runs and it eventually manages to outrun the lion who kind of gives up. And the zebra finds itself in another oasis, beautiful drinking water, lots of lovely green grass for it to, to eat. And it just goes about its business and it's eating its grass and it's enjoying the water and it's just in the moment. What happened was over and done with. Now, let's equate that to humans. Something happens to you that you don't like. It might be your boss is pissing you off. It might be a relative. It could be a problem at work. Who knows? But you kind of want to get away from that problem or you want to confront it. And so 
you do whatever you're meant to do. But whatever you do, it involves stress hormones, cortisol. And all of a sudden you're in fight or flight, you're dealing with it, fight or flight, fight or flight. And maybe anger comes out, maybe, you know, they're shouting, who knows what goes on. And then all of a sudden, whatever it was that happened is over. How many of you just go about your business after that, forgetting about what happened, not giving a, not, I was going to say not giving a shit, but really not caring about what happened? And how many of you go and tell everybody about what happened? And oh my God, they did this and then they did that and then I felt this and then they did that and it was terrible and oh my goodness. And, and did you hear about this and this went on and that went on? And then you go home and you tell your partner, oh my God, she said this to me and I felt this and this just wasn't right and this is what's going on and they're a terrible person. And all the time you're raising your cortisol levels they kind of went back to normal, then they kicked back up again. Then they went back down to normal then they kicked back up again. And every time you tell somebody new about it you're reliving that experience in the moment as though it was happening there and then again and again and again the zebra didn't do that the zebra just okay i ran away i'm fine it's all good this grass tastes delicious <laughs> and then there's us human beings i had a shit experience and it was terrible and i really don't like this and this is awful and this keeps happening to me my life's so terrible and i never like this and oh my god raised cortisol levels raised gastric acid all of a sudden maybe you understand why humans get ulcers and zebras don't and that's because zebras don't make a drama out of something that's over and done with so I'd love you guys to notice noticing how often you do that. How often do you have an experience and all of a sudden you're reliving it and you're trying to pull people into your story because you want them to agree with what you've said so that you can feel superior and the other person just, you know, they're, they're just rubbish. There's nothing there that you want to talk about with them because you've got your gang all saying the same thing that you want them to say that, yeah, 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 what you did was right. Yeah, 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 you're perfect. That's it. You're good. Approval. Isn't it interesting? What we're going to be doing in the Unashamedly Human Life School is really getting into these simple everyday occurrences, helping people understand that gorgeous space between your spiritual nature and your psychological nature. We're going to be looking at all of that in depth so that you can understand your biology, so that you can understand your psychology, so that you can understand your spiritual nature in a very, very grounded, everyday way. I'm not going to go woo-woo. It's not in my nature to go woo-woo in people. What I'm interested in is these practical, grounded ways of living that make life easier, that make life simpler, because that's what's happened to me in my spiritual journey over the last 25, 30 years. I was looking to make my life simpler to be able to get out of my head and into my life. That's what was important. I can't tell you how many times in my life I have been in situations where I've been physically present, but I have not been psychologically present because I've been so lost in thought. I don't want that for you. 
I don't want that for your children. I don't want that for you and your partners or at your work. Learning to be present and aware of where your state of being and your state of mind is in any given moment of time helps you navigate elegantly and gracefully this thing we call life. Learning about the space between thoughts, emotions and behaviour and holding it so lightly that you can actually laugh about it instead of giving yourself a hard time. Becoming what, what I would call an emotional scientist instead of an emotional judge. So you're curious, you get curious about what's going on instead of giving yourself a sentence of, oh God, I'm so stupid, you know, I have to, to give myself a hard time for this for the next 10 years of my life because something happened and I didn't react or respond the way I wanted to in the moment. Using big labels to describe your emotions does not help you understand your emotions at all. And as I said earlier, learning to become more granular with it, learning to have the, the vocabulary to say, this is what's going on. This is what's happening to me. And shrinking down that experience to something that's more palatable, that makes sense for you in the moment helps you hold your emotions lightly and it helps us not let our stories define us. Learning better linguistic skills, learning how to know what you're feeling in any given moment. Learning to ask yourself the questions that you need to ask to shift you from one state of being to another and not being afraid to do that. It, it just makes such a difference. I've worked with so many men and women over the years and it always amazes me how they'll come to me. You know, let, let, let's look at, you know, someone with, with anorexia. And the word they always use with, with, with anorexia or the words they always use are control. I need control. And that's how they live their lives, that they control their food intake. Either one way or the other, if you're overeating or undereating, it makes, makes no difference. Whatever anybody is doing, they're using a strategy to soothe their mind, to soothe their soul, because there's something there that they are not dealing with. And most people, it's unconscious. They don't even know what it is they're not dealing with because they haven't got curious about the emotions because they don't know how to get curious about the emotions. They don't know how to question what they're feeling. And then even if they do know how to question what they're feeling, they don't have the language to articulate it in a way that helps them break it down into a format that helps them understand more fully what's going on. So a lot of the women that I deal with who have anorexia or eating disorders, they feel a lack of control in their lives. And that could be they're just overwhelmed. It could be they're stressed. It could be they just 
they're in an abusive partnership. It could be that, you know, they're not coping at university or school. They feel insecure. And they found this way to soothe themselves, even though it's, it's, it's a self-sabotage strategy. It feels good to them because they've learned that that feels good. And bless them, that's, that's just innocent. It's completely innocent. It's the same way when people overeat. Trust me, I've been in both scales here. I've been anorexic and I've been bulimic and I've been a binge eater in between times. But it's interesting to me when we are able to get curious about our thought processes, about our state of mind, about our state of being, how we show up in these moments of emotional fragility. And if we are able to ask ourselves the questions about our mental state, we get a bit more clarity rather than the big label that says, I don't want to be out of control, I need control. You suddenly learn, for me, the when I was, was anorexic, it was, I felt out of my depth in the work that I was doing. I was insecure in relationships. Um, I didn't feel good about myself. I felt fat, even though I, I was really thin. I think, you know, five foot 10. And I think at the time I weighed 120 pounds and I thought I looked fat. And being able to limit my food intake made me feel I was the one that was in control and I could do that and if I did that then I felt okay about life not recognizing that I was harming myself and I always remember another one of my mentors saying to me Jackie you're not in the Grand National which is a, a famous horse race in the UK you're not in the Grand National on the back of a racing horse. You're on the back of a truck on a rocking horse. And that helped me see that I can never fully be in control of what's happening. I don't know what's going to happen from moment to moment and neither do you. There are elements that I can take care of to the best of my ability, but there's always that wild card and I'm not in charge of that wild card. So my attempt to control my life when I was younger was an innocent misunderstanding of thought, thought in the moment. That when I felt insecure, <clears throat> the first thought that came to mind was, if you're thin, Jackie, then you'll feel better about life. You'll feel more confident. And then there was a backstory that happened after that thought, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that led to the behaviours. And then that became a strategy. That's how innocently these things happen. And being able to break that down and help people see that more clearly is such fun and it's a beautiful, beautiful way to be of service in the world. So like I said at the beginning, 
often insight isn't a one and done. We're continually evolving. We're continually learning. We're continually adapting and changing and transforming. And the more that we look in this direction and the more that we take accountability for our own transformation and our own methods and capabilities of evolving and changing and learning, the more that'll happen. So I always ask people to step up, be accountable. Be accountable for your own evolution. Be accountable for your own learning. Learn, stay in the conversation. Have fun, <laughs> you know? So many people think self-development is, is, is a heavy thing. It's, you know, it's just, oh God, got to change and I've got to transform and this has got to happen and that's got to happen. And the first thing I'm going to say to all of you is there is no self. Let me say that again. There is no self. So all these stories of self-development are just bullshit. We're not adding anything here. We're taking it away. We're taking away the stories of who you think you are. Ego isn't the enemy. For the first 30 years of your life, you've been building up all these stories of who you think you are, accumulating ideas, beliefs, learnings, you name it. And all of a sudden, you think you have this fixed package of who you are. But that package of who you think you are, that story of self, is built on quicksand. It's not the truth. It's an idea. It's a concept. And in the Unashamedly Human Life School, which is launching later this year, oh my God, what fun we're going to have in there. Busting these myths, looking at life deeply, looking at psychology, looking at spirituality, looking at strategies, tools, thoughts, processes to help you really deepen your understanding of life. Transform and evolve continually. So that you too, like me, can break the generational change, can't say it, the generational chains of psychological dysfunction that were innocently, and I'm going to say that again, innocently, shared with us growing up. And I can't tell you how beautiful that is to see for me my own daughters not have the hang-ups and the fears and the self-limiting beliefs that I had at their age which means that their children should they choose to have any although one of my daughters has already her daughter my granddaughter again will not grow up with the same thoughts and feelings and misunderstandings that I did. So those generational chains of psychological dysfunction and misunderstanding have been broken. So I am inviting you to listen in again next week, to like this podcast, to share it, to leave a comment, tell me what you think.
And also to go to my website at www.jackieford.com and sign up for the waitlist for the Unashamedly Human Life School. It's going to be a hell of a ride. Until next time, all my love. You could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. You could fly higher than the sky, shine brighter than the stars. You can live for you ever You could